From Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Anyone for Bacon Podcast. The Newcastle have won two. That's right, two in a row. Don't Newcastle, uh, Newcastle don't usually enjoy consistency under Steve Bruce. This is as consistent as it gets under under Steve Bruce. But Newcastle come out as two one winners against West Brom. And Paul, as I'm always joined by my friend, how do you feel about that um, that win today? <laughs> it was a it was a funny game. I mean, the result is all important at this stage of proceedings with the the takeover, with Premier League survival in the balance, everything taken in. It's been a pretty miserable, shitty time for the supporters for reasons we touched on on the, you know on the last podcast, um, and the whole COVID thing. I'm over the moon with the result because I was. I was shitting it slightly before the game kicked off with with a team sheet, uh, but yeah, it, it's not a feeling that we get very often with Steve Bruce. I will still still say I'm still Bruce out. I've been Bruce yeah, out since the day Bruce came in, but a win is a win, and I do think the scoreline was pretty much uh, perfect. I think that is a fair result. I think we. Uh, we edged it and it was a funny game. It was a bit of a mirrored game, but I'm supposed we'll get into that. But yeah, over the moon um, with the, not not the performance, because again, it wasn't champagne stuff. Like no. I said before, it wasn't sexy football or anything else like that. But there were definitely high points. There were definitely plus points and a few things that are repeating that are just like grind your gears. But What's not to like about Newcastle winning and moving 11 points clear and being 42 places higher in the league pyramid than Sunderland? Happy days, mate. Happy days. 42. That, that's got to be the biggest gap for quite some time between the two teams. Like, I think Sunderland won the day. I don't yeah, really it's, a like a <laughs> it's a bit like a Mac and Rath, mate. It's a bit like a Mac and Rath. It's quite a big gap, isn't it? <laughs> Aye, but... Um, Find the gap. It was a... It was a solid performance today from Newcastle. We just got the job done, didn't we? And our first thing we usually talk about when we go through this, Paul, when it's not a negative podcast because it's a positive one the day and I'm actually really happy it's a positive one the day. It's unusual it's two in a row uh, when uh, when we do the reviews of the games and stuff. But the lineup, the build-up to the lineup, we did a whole bit on the preview last night about it and what kind of lineup who was fit, who wasn't. And actually, we thought ASM was going to be fit for today, but he wasn't in the squad. Um, it but, was a shock, wasn't it? It was a shock seeing him because he has been pictured on social media out and about in his motor and stuff. So to see him not involved today, has he got another knock or, you know, is it COVID related and stuff? We just don't know because Bruce is playing his cards very, very uh, close to his chest. But uh, yeah, we need to get him back fit, firing and in the team and, and, and doing what he does best, mate. But, you know, th- that chance will hopefully come against uh, Leeds. So we're next up. Aye, it is. It's a tough game in Leeds, but um, obviously with two wins on the bounce, anything can happen. But uh, this team, it was actually really strong, Paul. I wasn't expecting it to be so strong. Um, we had eight players that played in the win against Palace in the team. We played the same 4-4-2 system, although he had met the drop back in to centre-back alongside Kieran Clark. Well, it was a, coming right it back. was funny. 
it, it, it was a bit funny because at times we were playing three at the back uh, and uh, you know sort of stringing it out and the formation kept changing and, and I was sw swapping between two different uh, feeds for you know for, for the game that the Sky Sports one plus another one and they were saying different things and I was like your winning formation but then looking at that defense mate it was more um, put together and more bodged up and bodged up um, than my first motor when I first passed my test and that was pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it was a, a very very makeshift uh, defense but it certainly did its job bloody well today barring one or two little uh, situations and stuff but uh, yeah over the moon that we kept the majority of the team that triumphed against uh, Crystal you know Crystal Palace where he's made changes made he's made them because they've been obviously forced because of the situation uh, it's, yeah. it's clear it's clear the defence took a very very big hammering because yeah. of this COVID outbreak couple, a couple of uh, definitely a couple of defenders got COVID for sure the cells was no any other team Feddy was no any other team. I mean, Feddy's been involved in every squad since since God knows when. The cells barring injuries is pretty much the same. So solid centre backs that we've relied on, you know. And uh, but Clark and Hayden, to be fair to them, um, I'll probably praise Hayden a little bit more towards the end. But they were very solid today. Um, the wing backs, though, I probably will have to have critique on later on. But uh, the team was put together. Um, obviously, Shelby and Sean made the midfield up. Uh, Richie on one side and um, Miggy on the other, and then up front, obviously Joe and uh, and Wilson up top. But it started really quick. Paul was started so so well. In fact, the second best start we've ever had to a Premier League game. In um, we scored within twenty seconds of the game starting. We pressured them from the off. We got the ball. Wilson gives it to Jolent, and Jolent with a perfect and I mean a perfectly weighted ball into the path of Miggy Almiron and, and Richie's already oh, celebrating the goal. He already knows it's going in. Miggy takes it onto his left peg, bends it around the goalkeeper. One out, <laughs> easy job. <laughs> and that's um, what we've asked for. That, that's what we've asked for. We've asked for them to, to go at the opposition and be a little bit more aggressive. And I just felt today, and from the first whistle, that little bit of extra class, the, the the step up between the championship and the premiership was there to be seen. That little bit of extra class and you knew as soon as the ball went at his feet. I know he hasn't been prolific, Miggy, but we have championed him throughout. Of you just knew. But it was all, it was the weight of the pass. The pass was fantastic. It was overclubbed if he if he was doing something that, you know, when he was sort of unconfident, Joe Linden, that could have been messed up. But it was a nicely beautiful weighted pass and a great finish. And then, bam, and I said to you before the game kicked off, that first goal, if it goes in against West Brom, I thought it's going to be literally a kick in the, nut, in the nuts. Um, but bang, what a way to start the match. What, 19 seconds. I mean, it we was. peaked. We peaked. And, I've, and I feel, again, I feel sorry for Mrs. Bruce because Stevie, that's all he can see to, to, to muster. 19, peaked 20 in, seconds. In 20 seconds. <laughs> but it's somewhere to peak. Go on, Miggy. It was, it, was a, it was a really, really tidy finish from Miggy and it was a good start. Um, but as the game went on in the first half, Paul West Brom were getting a little bit more comfortable, a little bit better, and it wasn't until like forty minutes, 
I'd say where Newcastle did, looked a bit uncomfortable. Uh, Conor Gallagher had a chance um, just outside the box, and it went and it went wide. And he's one of the people that were, were uh, want to watch. And that he had a really good opportunity, put it wide. But other than that, there was no real opportunities at either end. It was a fairly close knit game. After that, Newcastle looked very comfortable until the latter stages of the half. Even though West Brom were getting further and further up the field as the game went on. But yeah, they were bossing the possession, mate. But I, I, I would say, yeah, they were probably bossing the possession by what seven or eight percent, something like that. But they weren't doing too much that we weren't sort of giving them, and we were at the back certainly uh, quite solid, quite awake. And I don't think Carl Darlow had much to do at all. Um, there was nothing really out of the top draw where you would say, oh, yeah, fantastic. You know, the amount of times he's saved us this season, Carl Darlow, there was none of that going on. And you can see why uh, West Brom are in the trouble that they are in. Um yeah given the fact that they needed some sort of reaction to last week's annihilation and humping by, you know, Crystal Palace. They needed a reaction. They can't afford to keep thrown away. They'd have come to St. James's today, mate, thinking we can get points out of this. Definitely. They would e-mark this match at the beginning of the season as one where they must target for points. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, we started really, really well and we just seemed to... to to fade after the goal gradually as the half went on and you're sitting there thinking, is it fitness? Is it the fact they haven't trained as a unit for a while? Is it fatigue? Is it the players who have had COVID? Because they say that afterwards you, you are still really, really tired, fading away. There was all that going through your mind. Yeah. And some quite leggy work, I felt, by John Joe Shelby. He got a he got a seven or an eight, you know, off um, Lee Ryder. Yeah, seven or an eight. Yes, I've been yeah. at all. I'm not I'm kidding you oh, not. He was absolutely crazy. fucking awful. He was like an oak. He couldn't move around the pitch. He's got no mobility. Um and, and somebody I thought at half time would have had a word in his ear and said, You know what, John Joe, you can take more than one touch. Just take the ball, hold it for a second, and let everybody else get a little bit further up the pitch. Because we were counter-attacking quite nicely. But John Joe Shelby, it must be said, was a frustration in the first half, he really, really was. Yeah, um, he was frustrating all game, like, Paul. I mean, yeah, it's just like a tractor, just literally just blobbing about. And uh, I think it's more on the length of the statue, to be honest, Paul. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I don't want, I don't want it to be too negative, but I thought John Joe Shelby was absolutely shocking today. Um, and it's not the first time he's a one in six player, and. To be honest, I'm starting to really resent him playing in this team because when he plays, it has to go through him, and when he doesn't play, he's a passenger, Paul. Yeah. And but, was... but why? But why all the one touches, mate? Why does he feel the knee? No matter what he does, he never takes it down and just stops it for a second and lets people get on or, or take another couple of touches and look up. It's just literally get the ball and ping, get the ball and ping, and, and you sit there to yourself and you're like, "Oh my word, please, will you just play?" some passes about and, and just keep us some possession. And that's why we were losing possession. Frustratingly, and I think it's a major problem with Newcastle's team. The central yeah. midfield pegs need addressing. We look better when Hayden's in there, but obviously he's had to do a job today. You know, I get that. That's fine. Um, but Newcastle are soft in the middle. 
we need a ball playing midfielder. And I know these pundits, the same ones that say Steve Bruce is a, it's a fantastic manager and stuff. Although that's a different debate for a different day, as I say, it's a positive podcast. But um, yeah, all these all these pundits say, oh, he's a great technical midfielder. He's, he should be for England. I'm sorry, I, like I, I, I really am. I just don't think he's that calibre of an England midfielder anymore. I think he's, I think he's very unmotivated in that midfield. He just, he, there's some passes which are like 10, 15 yards, but he'll lift his leg a little bit high to make it look like it's a nice pass. So he like, he'll do something basic and very simple, but he make it look very, very glamorous and like. Yeah, very, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's 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 strange, but like. Like, as I said before, me, I'm starting to really struggle seeing him in the mis- in this midfield because his defensive positioning and stuff is shocking. I mean, Conor Gallagher, he didn't run the game today, but he ran John Joe Shelby around in circles. And how many right. times have we said that about uh, Shelby this season? The lad at Newport ran circles around him. There's been plenty of midfielders that just outwork Shelby in, in departments. And Sean, who I didn't think had a much better game than John Joe, but if it weren't for... Uh, Sean in a couple of cases today um, would have been overrun by two or three centre midfielders because the work he had to put a few meaty ones in is, is, is no good at all. And yeah. um, so Sean had to steady the ship against three centre midfielders. I think it's Sawyer, Gallagher, and some other and, and someone else. But um, it, it, it we made it difficult for ourselves, mate, in the middle. And I think even if Matty had came on to play in the middle alongside Sean, I think he would have had a little bit more energy. It's one thing Matty brings is um, he brings a lot of work rate, he brings a lot of determination, and he's good at getting the ball and playing it out wide as well at the wingers, which I think Shelby, every pass at over 10 yards, mate, was overhit. I think there was a, yeah. there was a couple where it was just to the goalkeeper out for goal kicks and stuff. The amount of times he overhits, the, the reason he's on that field is to show his technical ability. And against teams like West Brom, I expect to see that technical ability. I expect to see him taking the game by the scruff of the net and controlling the play and controlling the If tempo. he can't do it against these, he mate. Did, if he, he can't do it against these, exactly. then we're going to get he, he did none of that, mate. Any pass over 20 yards was overhitting shit. Like, but i tell you something. If you're, if you're Matty sat on the bench and you're watching him playing, Dog shit like that, and I'd, the I would have, I'd, I'd, I'd sorry for the lad, mate. He doesn't get a look uh, in. Yeah, I mean, you'd be banging on the manager's debut. door. Uh, Bruce gave him his debut against Man United, but he hasn't given him a look in since. Um, you look at Bentaleb coming in, Bentaleb taking his spot. Now Shelby playing every week and taking taking up more spots in the team, and then Hendrick coming in and he shit as well. It's like. Uh, I don't know why Matty signed a two-year deal. If I if I was to ever bump into him, I would say I'm just. Mate, if you're not getting the game time, go somewhere that'll that'll treasure you and value you because cracking midfielder, but bundle of energy and Steve Bruce just does not say it. I don't know what's going on in that department, but must, he must that. steal chips, mate. He must steal chips. That's the only explanation that you can get it. It's either that or he's felt Mrs. Bruce's ass. One of the two. Uh, and I'd like to think it was possibly the chips rather than feeling Mrs. Bruce's <laughs> ass. No offence, Mrs. Bruce, whatsoever. Because I've already said I feel sorry for you because Brucey does like to peak after 19 seconds as he's proven today <laughs> in the old, uh, you know, in the old uh, goal and stuff like that. But yeah, the midfield, mate, it needs some, it needs some major, major yeah, work. Yeah. Um, and it just looks, we haven't had, I mean... You'd give your absolute bollock now for a Kabai or somebody like that in there, a speed in there, a Batia Lee in there, uh, you know, top quality central midfielders. Um, but people have figured out, uh, John Joe, 
they figured out. But yeah, like I said, hot. if if you can't do it against West Brom, mate, who let's just face it, uh, you know, there's there is that gap between the Championship and the, even the bottom level of the Premier League. If you can't do it against them, what makes you think that the the games coming up after this next two against the likes of City, uh, against the likes of uh, Arsenal, Leicester, etc., etc., Liverpool's and all them them type teams. What makes you think you're going to be able to do it in that? Because they'll literally just take the piss out of you. They'll take the piss out of you and rip your new arsehole. And, you know, uh, again, we didn't win today because of John Joe. We we won sort of in spite of him. But I nearly choked when I saw Ryder's score for him. And that's just more evidence of the fact that that lad's got his head buried in a laptop for the entire 90 minutes. Um, and we said before, you've got to watch the game and enjoy the experience. And, um, you know, not get sort of carried away by you know, recording stuff and updating stuff and this sort of thing. Didn't didn't see anything. I mean, if I was scoring him, he would have got a very, very low today. He'd have got a two or a three at, at, at best. Uh, and that's before giving the winning team. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he set up the assist of the assist uh, for Murphy's cross, which we'll probably talk about later on. But um, we'll go into the second half, Paul, and I think we'll keep we'll, 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 yeah, we'll going. Mirror Universe. Thinking, well, I messaged you half time. I would say Newcastle need to learn from learn their own lesson, really, because the amount of games this season where we've stayed in it and had the rope a dope style of playing football and then caught them on the counter attack with a jab or something like that. It's like we need to you learn. You should scare the Bruce has said something at half time because <laughs> the amount of games that we haven't been killed off and we've nicked it Wolves, Tottenham, all these games in the past, Everton away last season. Uh, Tottenham at home, Tottenham away last season where they couldn't get a goal and we nicked one. It's like all these games where we've I had that style of being being smashed but getting a point. We needed to kill the game off and we came out second half, Paul, and we were shocking. We were we looked we looked tired, we looked out of it, and I did. I was starting to, I, I was starting to think this this had something to do with the COVID because I didn't think that in the. This is my second bit of critique of the of the podcast, but um, the Croft gets done by a, a turn from Matt Phillips, and the, the ball goes into the box. And I'm not being funny, Paul, but it's a really poor cross. Uh, no one's anywhere near it. And Jamal Lewis, I have a lot of time for. I think he's a good raw talent, but the concentration levels here, Paul, for this goal were absolutely terrible. Uh, he's just he's waiting for the ball to drop. He leans forward, and Furlong's already ahead of him, buried it in the bottom Lazy. corner. And it was nothing lazy. short. Of, it was nothing short of what we absolutely deserved, Paul. It was really yeah. lazy, um, non-concentrated. It was a good cracking, finish. Cracking, cracking finish. You can't take that avoidable. away. Easily yeah, avoidable totally. from a defensive perspective. I, I thought Kraft, Kraft was disgusting on that right hand uh, side because he was nowhere near, and he was just cantering the um, the you know the, the lad for West Brom. The as you say, the cross comes in, and you're thinking. We should be dealing with that one. And it looks for all the world that Lewis is going to deal with it. And that's something he's got to improve. His defensive side has got to be worked on. He's got to work. He's got to graft and improve that side of his game. His awareness wasn't aware who was around him. And it was just like he was going to deal with it. But it was just, he just robbed it off him. An absolute thundercund. Nothing Darlow could do about it. Darlow, um, <laughs> It's just you've got to hold your hands up to it. Brilliantly hit, but um, yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I heard Richie shouting and bawling at him. It's like, oh, for you know, for fuck's sake, you've got to do something a little bit yeah. more urgently about that. But I will say, 
that if Kraft had done his job in the first place, that cross shouldn't have come in. That should have been dealt with. Uh, yeah. But it was it was the mirror. We scored in the first half early on, and then we, you know, d- sort of disintegrated, and they improved as the game went on. They scored, and then we just seemed to sort of like improve, 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 improve. And obviously the substitutions helped that, but we seemed to get better as the second half went on, but we obviously seemed to get worse in the first half. So it was a bit of a mirror performance by Newcastle. But I, I wasn't I wasn't impressed, mate. I wasn't impressed. Now, like Jamal Lewis, I think he's a tremendous, exciting talent. Liverpool were sniffing around him and stuff as well. But honestly, you just need you need to practice. You've got to you've got to defend first of all, yeah. both our fullback caught with the pants down, mate. For me, he's a he's a he's a prodigy. Uh, he's an up and comer. He's a, he's mm. he's one for the future for sure. He's a raw talent. But from the first couple of performances, this season, I, I'm not seeing that. I'm not seeing what we're seeing in Jet Row last season. And Jet Row's been on social media. He's been commenting on page, uh, Newcastle fan pages, posts and stuff. Um, he's been really teasing for a chance to come back. He wants to come back. Bill. I think from what's going on, mate, from what I can say, I think that, that'll be the first deal in the transfer window done for us. And I think yeah. learning under Jet Row Willems would be an excellent bit of business for Newcastle in terms of protecting their future investment, which is um, Jamal Lewis and also Jet Rovalems as well. Because I, I do like both both left-backs, but if you ask us which one I'd prefer right now, I would definitely prefer Willems into, in, instead of uh, Jamal Lewis. So I think if Willems was to come in, I, it would be a, it'd be a great move to, for, for, for Jamal. And a cheap deal? It a would cheap, be a deal? cheap deal? Very good fullback, mate. He is, and he wants to come to Newcastle, and he seems to have a bit of a sentimental love for Newcastle, a bit like many down the air have done. Uh, foreign get, get foreign players coming in, yeah, they get the bug, they get the love, and I think Jet Row was well received, and it was a shame how his career ended at Newcastle. And I hope the next chapter is signing in January and seeing the rest of the seeing it at least the next couple of years at Newcastle because he's 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 very much popular up here. Not to say Jamal Lewis. Is isn't popular. He, he's a good defender, well received by fans, and it's good to see that we pushed the boat out for a, a younger left back. But at the same time, I think he needs he needs like, competition, mate. He, he, he needs, needs to be kept on his course. Because uh, you he, know he had that acknowledged in the complacency where he, like mm-hmm. he had the place and he and he could play a bad game and stuff. Like no disrespect to Norwich, but this is a bit of a step up now. Newcastle are a much bigger, much bigger football club. Bigger expectations than, Nor- than Norwich is, and bigger expectations as well. And we've seen some good fullbacks down the years. John Beresford, you know, it, like they're the kind Maybe of fullback we we'll want. Uh, exactly, Bernard, or even more recently, Jose Enrique. Like yeah, good, psycho. Uh, exactly, good, 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 strong left backs, and I think Jamal Lewis has the potential to get to that level, but not quite yet. So we just need to. Like obviously nurture him a little bit more and, and get the arm around the shoulder and build him up and I think Jet Row can really help with that. But I'll tell you something, Emil Kraft on the other side, there's no nurturing to be done there, mate. Jesus <laughs> I know he, yeah. he he was solid away. He, he was solid away for most of the game, but his tank was was on empty and I'd be surprised if he wasn't one of the players that has been affected by this because he literally the second half it looks like he was uh, running through toffee or something like that. His legs had gone. Absolutely, yeah. nutly gone. I mean, we don't know, so it, it could it could be harsh, you know, if, if he's still suffering the side effects and stuff like that. Um, but makes it even more strange because you had DeAndre Yedlin on the bench today. He came on actually for a bit, 
Um, he did, I, that's right. But if he wasn't, if he wasn't fully fit, then maybe we should have made that call. But obviously, that's down to down to Steve Bruce. But yeah, slight little um, nitpick for for the for the fullbacks, and it has been a weakness I've always made over recent times that people know that Newcastle are a little bit soft in the fullback areas, and you can get around the back and you know can exploit. Hopefully, Javier Manquillo will be back for the Leeds game, uh, and that will certainly, yeah. I think, yeah, I think that will most definitely help. Um, and it's interesting to see what he does from there because he does he put Miggy in front of Lewis because I think Miggy and his hard work actually helps Lewis and it protects him a little bit more um, and it allows um, Lewis to bomb on more and get some crosses in which is definitely a strength of his game the ability you know to to, to get forward as an attacking uh, fullback and stuff but uh, yeah that was a, it was a little bit of a of a of a of a nitpick and it was gutting because like you said you're sitting there thinking whilst you're having a few chances and we had we, we looked pretty good certainly in the first half on the counter-attack we had a couple of situations where if we'd have played the ball better or whatever we might have been in we might have been able to get a two or three goal you know head start at, uh, going into half time but we didn't and you're always sitting there thinking oh Steve Bruce is going to have his wicked ways what is that lad uh, doing to the players at half time come out, play differently, concede the goal. Yes, it's fantastic. But you're sitting there thinking, this will be typical Newcastle now to throw this down the Swanee. Yeah, it would. It, it, well, it is, mate. How many times have we been on on the podcast and saying we chucked it away? Do you know what I mean? And that morning, yeah. like 20, 25 podcasts in, and we've, we've had many podcasts already saying how, how we've chucked it away. Do you know what I mean? So, And the two changes come, Paul. Murphy comes on and... Um, and Gale comes on, and the, at the time I was thinking, right, okay, two solid changes that needed to be made. I thought Jamal Lewis going off was a good idea, considering the mistake, mistake that he did make. And um, Joel Linton going out wide uh, for Gale to go up front, I thought was a great decision as well. And to be fair to Bruce, credit to him, both um, both substitutions came up, came up Millhouse. And honestly, Paul, <laughs> I've been waiting to talk about this cross. But this cross was, for a, for no of a better term, orgasmic. It was a beautiful, beautiful cross, reminiscent the um, Kennedy's cross to Rondon against Bournemouth, reminiscent yeah. Gillespie's cross to Tino Esprilla against Barcelona, rolling back the edge. And honestly, this cross it, for for Gale to get in between the two defenders like he did, he's a small lad, Dwight Gale. So from the pick. It, it, honestly, he's put it on a sixpence for this. For, for this, yeah, uh, for it's Gale. all about the cross. It's, it's all it's, about the yeah, cross. The, the cross, mate, is absolutely outstanding. I didn't think Jacob Murphy had that in him, but what a ball! Because all game, the Shelby overhit a cross, and uh, Croft had a couple of overhead crosses, and I didn't think it was ever going to hit on a cross. But when it hit, oh my god, it hit! It, it just perfect. It was just screaming, head yeah. me. And, it, and, and, it, right. and they were set up defensively fine, mate. You look at their defenders, the, what, they're within half a metre or so of Dwight Gale. So they've picked them up. The, 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 you know, defensively, you've got to say their shape was good. It was just uh, that ball was perfect. Uh, and then, like you say, uh, Solomon Rondon-esque. And, and, you know, looking at the two teams and the difference, the difference is that little bit of extra quality, pace and passion. You've got like the likes of Miggy. And the other difference is having a goal scorer or two. We've got one or two goal scorers in Dwight Gale and Callum Wilson, certainly. 
in the team who are of the standard that's needed to to be. You know, obviously Gale's got his injury uh, issues, but you know, I think West Brom with Dwight Gale in their side is a lot more dangerous of a prospect, and obviously they're sniffing around in January. But uh, it just it goes to prove. But yeah, a fantastic thingish, and it was Allah like like you said, Allah the goal against um, Bournemouth. I know in that game it was key, wasn't it? Key whipped the ball in from the uh, the left hand uh, side. Key played Bang, it into Kennedy, Rondon. and then Kennedy crossed the ball into Rondon. I remember ah, it was. that was it. Um, I think yeah. there, Paul. I'm not sure. I think it was. Yeah, and it was from the left hand. It was the left hand side as opposed to the right hand side, wasn't it? But yeah. the the weight of the ball, the float of the ball, knocking it in. Uh, it was Kennedy, wasn't it? He, he, I remember him knocking it back and, and uh, absolutely smashing it in Rondon. But obviously, two strikers in Rondon and, and Gale are built in different ways. But um, beautiful header. I, he, he celebrated very, very mutely out of respect for West Brom, which is which is the classy thing to do. I think, but it's got to feel good for Gale to be back. He had that fantastic end of last season. Got injured yeah. against uh, Crew. Crew. Um, I, I think you picked up against Crew in the friendly either. Training. Yeah. Obviously, it was a bit. Uh, of and a I've been seen since. Exactly. You look at the you look at the back end of last season. He, he had a really good end, and we were saying on the first couple of podcasts if he was to leave, that's the way to leave on good terms. Um, it's the best way to leave. Although sometimes it doesn't work out, but yeah, you you're right at, there. <laughs> but you, you, you look at um, you look at Dwight Gale's situation. I was happy to see him back. It was nice because I was saying, and my dad was saying, it was at halftime. You know what? It's nice to not have the only striking option to be Andy Carroll because when he comes on, it's very uninspiring. But Gale to come on, it's like oh, well, he had a good end of last season, and there's a threat there with Dwight Gale and. Um, it was Allah, very. It was very Andy Cole. I, I felt that, that sort of that thingish, that instinctive header. Um, you know, it, it was a, like I say. It it was great. It was very Beckham esque, whipped in cross, perfect pinpoint, and very Andy Cole. Bang! There you go. One chance. I'm going to come on, grab me chance, make the difference. Um, and Dwight Gale will always score goals. Yeah, as as the chant goes, mate. And to be fair to him, the, the attitude of the lad is absolutely impeccable because the amount of times the fans have been there, right, that's it, time to go on, uh, written him off. And I have included in the past, I've said, look, mate, it's, uh, thanks for the championship season, but it's out of Torah, like kind of thing. And his attitude to keep bouncing back and keep going is really good. Very and I think it, it, from, from, the, from the lockdown onwards, um, you look at his record in games that he's played, it's probably the best he's done in the Premiership. And I know a lot of people say he's a championship striker and stuff. But if you look at his goals to games ratio since lockdown, it's very much a solid Premier League striker's record, Paul. So for him it, to keep it, it is, out but, 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 but whisper it. Wh- whisper it. Oh, it, no, you're it, not allowed, you're not allowed like to say that. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, I'm, <laughs> he I'm, scored I'm against Bournemouth. I really am. I'm buzzing for him. But he has, he, the, the, if you look at the likes of... Um, you know, like Bournemouth that he scored against. Remember, remember them goals. If you look today at West Brom, they are championship clubs, but in the Premier League. If you look at the likes of when we played Manchester City and he fluffed his lines and stuff, there, there is going to be question marks over Dwight Gale. Can he do it consistently at, at the top, top table? But today, you know, he, he's come on he, and he's done what's been asked of him. He's made a nuisance of himself. 
in you know he's been on that six yard box making a, making trouble and again we've talked about Joe Linton and Callum Wilson how can Dwight Gale and Callum Wilson form a partnership it's good to have different options we're going to need different options and if a game isn't going well for you like you said don't bring on Andy Carroll where it's going to be the temptation to just hit the ball long try something different he's busy he makes a, a, a nuisance of himself he's again working the space and that worked well for Joe Linton in the last game, and it's worked yeah. well for Dwight Gale today. And again, I thought Joe Linton today, again, had a very, very good match. And it's nice to see him play with a little bit of confidence and stuff. And uh, we know we need to support the lads who are scoring the goals, give them the confidence to be able to do the business on the park. Over the moon, great substitutions by Steve Bruce. Yeah, exactly what we needed at the right time. And that's been a critique before that he's made stupid decisions and waited too long and, and dillied and dallied. Today, positive uh, changes. We're going to go. We're not going to try and sit back. We're going to leave Joe Linton on. We're going to put Dwight Gale on. We're going to keep Wilson. We're going to go for the three points. And that we did. So, you know, he took a risk. The risk paid off. And we got three huge points, which pushes us 11 points away from the relegation it, uh, places. Which, which, huge. Which yeah, it's the big thing with all this. It, like we said at the start of the season, mate, I think with all the stuff going on with courts and takeovers and MPs and, and Nick DeMott and, like, and all this stuff, all this stuff up here, have a solid season where we're just mid-table. We may have a good cup run, a good couple of moments here and there. That's kind of where we'll, that's kind of what we're, what we're desired for. We kind of thought we'll be at the bottom, but we're a hell of a lot higher than we were. I mean, I'm not going to sit and sing the airs and graces of, of, of Steve Bruce because I think the football is still horrendous. I still think there's a there's a couple of... there's a, we're, In a lot of areas, we'll leave a lot to be desired. But from where we're yeah. on the table, if you'd offered me that going into, into mid-December, I would have bit your hand off for it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, although the performances aren't great, we're, we're getting... He's not, get, not getting... The top-notch performances of the likes of ASM, Brian Fraser missing again today, uh, and and the likes of those players, he's not getting the tune out of them that they are capable of. They are very, very talented attacking players, just like he didn't do when he had Hatton Ben Arthur, just like he hasn't done when he's had other attacking prodigies and and flair players. But what he is doing, and this will satisfy the ownership of Newcastle no end, is when we're losing, we're not losing by too many. That's a major thing for Ashley and Charlie. And he is getting the victories that he needs to get because he's making the excuses up against the big teams. We can't compete. We can't compete. Well, if we can't compete against these big teams, when the so-called lesser teams, a la West Brom's, come to St. James's Park, there's got to be no excuses. We've got to win. And that he did. So he's keeping his paymasters happy. He's doing it on the cheap. Um, and he's finding a way. And he's, you know, he, he's doing it through adversity. He's missing coaches. He's missing trusted aides. Um, you know, he must have been sitting there thinking it wasn't Newcastle who was playing. It was, you know, um, Corona Castle because we, yeah. he's had issues to deal with this week that he shouldn't have had to ever deal with. Um, you know, we had we had uh, we had uh, debuts on the bench. It was the young goalkeeper uh, Dan Langley. He was on the bench t- today. So you know, if any knocks to the goalkeeper, if Dallow's making. You're sitting there thinking you've got a 19 year old, you know, six foot, I think he's six foot seven. He's a he's a six big lad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, a 19, you've got a teenager on the bench. 
you know, it, 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 it can't it can't be easy, but he's doing enough and that's all Ashley wants him to do. Meanwhile, Ashley's fighting tooth and nail for the takeover and we've just got to hope that the two things naturally mesh together. We get what we want. We stay in the league. We hopefully go and, and win the League Cup. That's what I'm... <laughs> that's 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 the cherry on the cake that I want to see more than anything else. It stabilises us in the league and he allows the takeover cogs to still tick because there's no doubt that the people involved in that deal are watching and they will get an amount of assurance by seeing the results still, you know, ticking through. If we made, if we, if we'd have had that game in hand played and we'd beat Aston Villa, we'd be like a point off the top four. That is how crazy things are at the moment. We're four points away from the Champions League places, eleven points away from relegation. It's a crazy season, mate. Out could happen, out could happen. But for us, we've got the realist hats on. We just want to stay up in this league, and and we're we're fast collecting the points and we've got Leeds and Fulham next I said beforehand before this match today we needed six points out of these nine points and we needed to beat Brentford and get into the semi-final of the League Cup yeah. so now we need another win out of the next two games Ellen Road Leeds is going to be difficult but this is Ellen Road with no fans in it uh, but obviously a very very talented management team down at Ellen Road who are getting uh, a lot of bang Not for the book they're kicking yeah, they they've got lesser players, mate, but they're getting some bigger performances out of them. Steve Bruce, with the likes of ASM, is not getting anywhere near performances out of the lads that they're capable of. But we're getting results, mate, and we're getting the points in the bag, and it's it's happy days, and it's two on the bounce, and we've got to go down to Leeds with a positive frame of mind and try and get a point. Would be a fantastic result. I still maintain against Leeds away uh, on Wednesday, isn't it? Our next game. I think so, so yes, yeah. Be a- be another podcast in a week which is all good but um the one positive i did want to bring before we wrap up mate is um is hayden and, and clark together i thought they played really well Beast. bruce bruce after the game said uh hayden was one of the covid 19 people in the team um so for him to test positive recover from covid come back and play like that in his his unfavored position at center back inspired me totally inspired by uh, isaac hayden uh, off the field, he's doing bits. An absolute man. Food bank. Yeah, uh, helping with the food bank and then on the field, putting in displays like that. I mean, Callum Grant, Charlie Austin, uh, Callum Robinson, whatever the fucking, like all, Slavin Bilic chucked every centre forward he had it, 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 our centre defence midfielder playing centre back. And he and he and he was a match for each and every one of them, mate. He was yeah. fantastic the day. But, it looked but, like he'd done it all his life. He looked like yeah. he's done it all his life. He's so, so comfortable playing the position. He's a smart bloke, a smart lad. Um, and, and credit must go out to Kieran Clark because he must be so reassuring to play beside because it just seems no matter who he's paired with in the defence, then the defence always looks really, really good. And and to be fair, based upon that performance today, looking at Ellen, uh, Ellen Road and Leeds, you're sitting there thinking, would you make any changes? Because Jamal Sells has been a little bit sloppy here and there. Fernandez is the big question for me because if he's fit, he he's been a rock for us, an absolute beast rock. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it, it's there's some nice headaches for Steve Bruce going into this next game and the chance of winning three games in a row. <laughs> Unbelievable. And obviously Newcastle still having uh, a game in hand on lots of teams around us and still being very comfortable in the league points-wise and position-wise. Um, it, it feels it feels good because you know 
there's been many situations, many times this uh, season so far, mate, that we have felt pissed off and rightly so with the performance and the results and stuff like that. But um, yeah, over the moon with today's, uh, you know, yeah, today's same. win and result against, like I say, a West Brom side. I, I would just implore them not to get rid of, of, of Billich. I think he's doing the best job that he can with the players he's got available. Um, it was always going to be a difficult, you know, a difficult task. But the fact that we won and we pushed them to stay down and we extend the gap away from them is great. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a really good result. But um, I want to praise the club, Paul, because um, obviously the way they handled yeah. the loss of uh, Martin Lautimer, uh, we, we mentioned on yesterday's podcast, um, as well as that with the Neil Robson as well. The the fan base is is took a batter and it's been really been really hard this past week especially with the worrying about the players for covid and stuff players not being able to train lack of preparation uh, i just want to commend the club mate because the last week or so they've been absolutely fantastic uh that i think they could have been a little more open with who was who had the problems and stuff although they're not it's it's players consent or not i'm, I'm not sure but just to it, barring that, which is probably something they can't control, but barring that, mate, I think they've been really good this week. They've uh, they've really set set the goal high, set the standard high for what a club should be, and it's very rare I get to say that, especially under this regime with uh, with Mike Ashley and that, mate. So yeah, uh, but you're quite you're quite that. right. You've given credit, mate, where credit's due. You know, it's not all about just slating everything that the club does. We're we're, we're more than happy to say, look, when the club does something right and good and well fantastic but you know when the club doesn't communicate doesn't tell you stuff when it treats its customers with the same when it doesn't offer refunds and this and the other we are going to highlight those issues we you know we're not two people who sit on the fence um and, and play the safe ground we're not two people who are who are that desperate to get access to the club that we'd sell our soul you know to the devil we're very very honest we just call it as we see it and and this week around the issues um you know that have Darken the skies for many Newcastle supporters. Yeah. Um, the club stepped up and 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 tried, and that's all. That's all we can ask for. You know that it's the centre of the community. It's the heartbeat of the city. Uh, we just want the club to reflect the feeling of the fans and stuff, and to get it and and to feel appreciated. And you know, I, I think you know the family and friends of of uh, you know of, of obviously the 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 people. Um, can can take comfort on that. It's comforting also to the Newcastle fan base, and it was a, a nice, um, classy, perfect move by the club. So yeah, sometimes when the club get it right, it's just a case of sitting there and going, yeah, congratulations. Yeah, that is. that is that is nice. That is nice. But I I, I want to end end this podcast mate, simply by saying, um, Neil and Martin, that win today. That was for you, two lads, and uh, and fly Definitely. high. Um, so that's, that's the only way I want to end this podcast. Um, I've got links in the description, the same as the last one for um a bereavement, the bereavement numbers and stuff as well. They'll be in the um they'll be in the description again, and just say it's okay not to be okay, and reach out if there's ever a problem and stuff like that. But hopefully, we're all mentally a little bit better because Newcastle managed to pick up the three points, but um. As always, I've been Kyle and I've been with uh, Paul, Magpie247, anyone for being podcast. It's always a blast. It's always nice to have a positive podcast and hopefully we'll, we can make it free on the as we hit, um, as we play Leeds on the Wednesday night. And it'll probably be out Thursday afternoon, maybe uh, Wednesday night or 
Wednesday night or Thursday afternoon would be one of the two. Um, but we'll let you know in due course, um, and we'll catch you on the next one. See you later, everyone. How it'll last. Keep it tuned.